Welcome back to the MHOG Podcast. This is your boy, Cooter. I'm so excited for tonight's episode. You know, even though the rub guy ain't on this episode, it's alright because, you know, well, we got us a special little guest host. His name is Mr. Josh Watts. He's a comedian out here from the Baton Rouge area. I think you would enjoy his fucking comedy because he's pretty funny. He's kind of hefty, but he's funny anyway. And uh, hold on a second. There's that music. Well, I'm not going to waste no more time running my mouth about this here episode and Mr. Josh Watts, but uh, uh, we do have another special guest on here. I'm not going to tell you his name or what he does, but uh, it's a TV show. And uh, this uh, here uh, music will be a hint for you boys and girls out there. So enjoy this uh, little clip I'm about to play for you and then enjoy the show. All right, bye. Matt Fraser, I paid Paul the Illustrated Seal on American Horror Story Freak Show. I've just spent six months of the best time of my life in New Orleans. And when I had time, and as often as possible, I listened to the MHOG podcast, because those guys know where it is. Who that? Alright, welcome back to the MHOG podcast. I'm your host, Wayne, and sitting next to me is... Adam. That's right. And today we actually have a special guest host because Rum had to work today. So we like to bring our friend, Mr. Josh Watts. Hey, guys. What's up? Uh, Is it uh, guys? Do I say guys or do I say, hey, hey MHOG universe? Whatever you uh, want to say, Josh. Well, the, the entire universe is the, the MHOG. MHOG so, yeah. so, you know, it's kind of redundant. Oh, You're good. Oh, I see what you did. Okay. <laughs> and we have finally a huge special guest that I've been trying to get on this show for quite some time. And I know I'm going to screw up your last name, but Mr. Matt Fraser. Really? That was fantastic. You're one of three Americans who've managed to say it correctly. Yes! Crispy in that Mojo Coffee Shop, our magazine, (laughs) you, and some dude on Canal. Nice! (laughs) Nice! That's awesome. I I knew your last name because I'm a huge Brendan Fraser fan, you know, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Funnily enough, so am I. No, I know because he, he wouldn't. You wouldn't strike you that I'd be a massive Brendan Fraser fan, apart from being a fan of the original Mummy film. I also like it because he was in a play with my mother, who's a seventy-six-year-old actress, and he was such a gentleman to her and so nice to her the whole time that he went right up in my esteem. That makes me so happy to hear that because I love him and I want him to be a good person. That makes me happy. Yes, he is. George Jungler, Dudley Wright is a nice guy. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's good to hear that he's not an asshole, man. <laughs> he's only an asshole when he's in G.I. Joe movies. That's true. That's the, right. The he was one time. in that one. The rest of the time, he's a good guy. I, I couldn't bring myself to watch those films. Uh, the, se- the, the second, second one is better. decent. Uh, the first one is <laughs> wow. weird. Yeah, I really... The first movie was 
I, I don't know. I fell asleep in the theater. When you guys had G.I. Joe, we had Action Man, who was Action like the, Briti- the British officer version of your G.I. Joe. He was like rough and tough, but, you know, very British. When you had the pull-out cord, do you remember with the, come on, men, do something. <laughs> he was kind of very English. Okay, so you're talking about like the, 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 the late 12 70s inch. version. Yeah, the 12-inch yeah, like doll. The Mego doll one, yeah. Yeah. yeah we, sounds I got, awesome. I got, when I was like time to go back to school and I was 14, I thought I'm too young for this. So me and my friend hung, hung, we tortured them to death, basically. We hung them, we covered them with fireworks, and then we found some lighter fluid and put that on them, and then we burnt them to death. Nice. That sounds exactly what, that sounds exactly what I did to my toys when I was by, a kid. By an eye coincidence. Very American. Yeah, yeah, exactly. By an eye coincidence, I should mention that I found out that my cousin hung himself this past uh, Christmas. You're s- no, no, he's just no, fucking he's with you, dude. Actually, someone did tell me that story. Uh, squirrels did. <laughs> way, to, way to make make our guests feel really at home, dude. Why? Well, I'm laughing about it. A real asshole thing to do there. <laughs> well, we just wanted Matt to know the tone of the show. Especially when you get to my age, and I, I'm 52 now, so... You know, I've had a couple of friends who've lost people. People, a lot of my friends are losing their parents at the moment. And, right. You know, I, I, this Christmas, I do have a couple of people. Uh, one family, in particular, grieving a son, and uh, a good friend of mine died like three weeks ago. And you know, it, it, a Christmas doesn't go past now for me without yeah. someone not too far away not being there anymore, and some people being really fucking sad about it. And you think about them. Um, but you know. Um, <laughs> I say is that first Christmas is always really tough, but the next one's great. And by the fifth one afterwards, you're always you're celebrating your life and going, "Oh, Dave would have loved that if you'd have said that and he'd been here." And everyone can be all like chilled about it. But yeah, you kind of you kind of heal yourself. Down. I just want to say shout out to Stella Young there, who's an Australian woman who who died. Uh, uh, great woman. Sorry to hear that, man. Sorry, and you know. Thing shit happens, especially in in the land of Crippledom, because when you when a lot of your friends are disabled, that comes with the territory. Some of them pop off earlier. They just do it. And you have to expect that. It's kind of like having a pet. Now, I know that sounds really weird. <laughs> um, but you love your little puppy like a kid. But you know it ain't going to be around after 15 years. Nope. And, yeah. and, some, and you get ready, ready for that. It doesn't mean you love it any less or it's life less worth. And sometimes some disabled people are not as long for this world as other people. Is, right. Is that something that this you have... This is a happy fucking Christmas one, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's right on. My dog and I signed a contract that they will not die until I am already dead, so I don't have to worry about that. Excellent. Yeah, besides, they, they put a paw print on it in blood, so I figure it's pretty legit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we probably should move on to a different subject. <laughs> I had a follow-up question, and I was like, you know what? No. No, we're good. We're good. <laughs> Uh, so, Matt, you are one of the stars of American Horror Stories' yes. recent series. Freak Show. Freak Show. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I'm one of the bemused B players thrust into the uh, temporary spotlight. Yes. Oh, come well, on. Well, to, to make you feel better, <laughs> I will on. tell you that I was at Christmas with my family, and my, my young cousin, who's 15, was talking about Freak Show, and I said... Oh, that's cool. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not a horror fan, so I've never actually seen the show. But um, 
my I was like, oh, that's cool. We got a we got a, a guy who's on that show. Where I'm interviewing him. His name's Matt Fraser, and she started screaming. <laughs> oh my god! And uh, <laughs> she and she was. I was like, okay. She's like, what, what, can you can you get me on that show? And I was like, sweetheart, I'm not gonna like get this guy on the show and be like, hey, I know you don't know me. But, but uh, <laughs> my 15 year old cousin has decided that she she's gonna be an actress, so uh, you need to make that happen. You know? <laughs> like what? <laughs> but she was really think... excited when I mentioned your name. Well, it's really nice, and I have had a lot of um, similarly surprisingly youthful accolades uh, from people. I guess that's the demographic, and and also you know I am different. I do look different, and people who feel different connect with me. They just do. I and I and no one else should judge whether they really are different. If they feel different and they can connect with my difference and and and, and enjoy my character in in that way, then that that's an awesome thing. And yeah. uh, and anyone who wants to be an actor should be an actor because there's too many hedge fund bankers and financial assholes in the world and not enough artists. <laughs> You're right. So your 15 year old cousin be right. the actor. No, you do have to put the work in, love. Don't be one of these modern, annoying ones who think they can get on some talent show like America's Got well, Talent and then be a star for the rest of their life. Go to drama school, do the three years, put the work in. I'll tell you, you'll probably get a much better life out of it. Well, I was, awesome. I was trying to tell her that, but I will tell you that as she was explaining why she wanted to be an actress, uh, essentially I got the impression that she she's like, yeah, I don't really want to work for a living. <laughs> she like, wants to go on one of the one of those shows. She'd have been on American Horror Story. Acting is hard work. No, it's not like working in a I don't know a, 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 a wing nut factory, right? Here, right. You know, or what have you. But it it um it is really hard work. And we we did certainly for the last week of filming. We were on fourteen hour days, six Jesus. days a week. And I defy anyone to do a fourteen hour day, six days a week without being really really tired. Even if that means waiting around. When you're the actor, you have to wait around and be ready. Right. So the second they go, okay, now, like, for example, I had to do a close-up crying scene in episode seven when I realized that my girlfriend, placed by, played by Grace Gummer, Penny, has had her whole face tattooed, and it's the shot of me where I see it for the first time, and my character feels responsible. I came in, having waited around for ten hours, and immediately had to do the close-up on that one, Wow. And which involved crying and being really upset and, and, and the camera really in your face. And, and I didn't really deliver that one. I had to end up doing kind of pretending acting, um, uh, but w- which, which I can do. But I much prefer to feel the pain and, right. and, and, and for it transmits so much better. And that was because I took my eye off the ball for like 15 minutes before that scene and got out of that emotional place. And so the, the, the job is to be constantly ready for 14 hours a day for six days a week. You ch- I mean, you know, Jessica Lang's 65 and she can still do it, but, you know, not many can. Yeah. I know how you feel because, you know, I'm used to 14-hour days, six days a week. Whenever I go to Walt Disney World, I'm, I'm just constantly, you know. Really? <laughs> Jesus Christ. It must be hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah real difficult. I, I am. Well, it's a half a show, but anyway. Uh, no, no, it, it's, it definitely is. I mean, it's, it's a different kind of work, but it's not – just it's not people waiting on you hand and foot like some people think yeah and i mean i'm sure if you get to to be you know not to call her out but angelina jolie i'm sure you can go lay in your trailer all day but for the average actor you're sitting there a lot of work learning your lines i i mean i was reminded and it's not just because it's 
the international multinational conglomerate corporation called Fox, but it's because it's just the TV people at the top of their game. There's a lot of money involved. I think you forget that everything's about money. And let's forget that. I think the most profound example of that I can think of is in the film of the last James Bond film with Craig. In the morning, a stuntman uh, got killed in a stunt that went wrong, and they made them film in the afternoon. Wow. And Daniel, Daniel was like, you what? You're crazy. A guy's just died. And they're like, I'm sorry, but so much money is wrapped up in this film. If we lose half a day's filming, it becomes untenable and everyone had to go back to work. Jesus. Can you imagine having to do that? I don't know if I could do it. It's not that surprising with that movie in particular, because I know they, they almost weren't able to get, I don't know if it was this one or the previous one, but they had to wait a few years to get the funding because they were, they were in dire straits. And right. yeah, yeah, when it comes down to it, if it's money, you know, show's got to go on. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's like the the root of all evil. Yeah, you know, uh, that's that, you know, it's a, of course it's an easier job than than um, digging ditches. Know. Well, digging ditches, you know, there's a sort of philosophical simplicity to that, isn't there? That you know, there is. I, I, I I've done menial jobs in my past. You know, I I have I've done the really menial stuff, and I've actually quite enjoyed it myself. It's just been you do a thing to get the money and then you go home. Right. You know, uh, and you leave it behind and all of that sort of stuff. So horses are courses. Let's so, talk about so the, job, the job is not your life. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Let's talk about fun stuff. All right. What? So you ask the questions. I'll, I'll, we will. We will. Well, how, how did you get? <laughs> Sorry. I'm so controlling. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I'm a dog. In the fetish world, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> how did you How did you get to acting? I mean, I know you do a bunch of different things besides acting. How did you become an actor? I became an actor because um, I, my mum and dad were always actors, and I grew up in that. And then I was a drummer in punk bands and stuff for about fifteen years. That's incredible. And stuff. That's awesome. And um, and then I went to see this disabled theatre company called Grey Eye. G R A E A E, where the, the A and E is like joined together in that weird Greek writing. And they were a trio of sisters from the Iliad, the Greek mythology, that had one tooth, one eye, and one ear between them and could only survive if they cooperated. And I've always been a team player and a, a socialist, and I agree with the people, not the person. And um, it, it spoke to me. So I went along, because I'm a bit embarrassed, to be honest, about watching a load of like spazzy people on stage, and, and because I didn't consider myself one of them. Right. Um, and I went along and I kind of had my whole world turned upside down. And the, re and the only reason was, because they were pretty good at what they were doing, the whole audience were like loving it. Huge amounts of enjoyment coming from the audience. And I suddenly wanted to do that. I wanted, to, I wanted the audience to enjoy me like that. And uh, it's, it was really simplistic. And that's how I started. Um, the gaining of the, all the other skills along the way, the, the burlesque, the striptease, the hosting, the cabaret and all that comes from the, I'm not the sort of guy that can sit around waiting for the phone not to ring. And all my friends are performers, and I love live performing, and I love the live feel. I'm not brave enough to do what you do, which is stand-up comedy, um, <laughs> because um, that is, I think, the most brutal form of interaction between an individual artistic and an audience, because, you know, if they don't laugh, you're shit. It's as simple yeah. as that. <laughs> yeah, you know? pretty and much. I can't laugh too much from it. But um, cabaret and stuff, I love. And I do all those other things. I gained the skills in the huge holes between acting jobs you know because i get one about one every four or five years hopefully now i might get a bit more but you never know yeah i'll man. put in a good word for you i'll put in a good word with some of the people i know that'd be great i, I will <laughs> do anything porn 
<laughs> oh, uh, we know. Yeah, we, we know. Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, we were joking earlier. As, Most impressive, as we, we sir. We were looking at your, your pictures, <laughs> and uh, I said, dude, we need to turn this off. I've officially seen this dude's dick more than mine today. <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry about that. No, no, no. No, okay. no. no man. Now I'm in trouble, though, because I, I went around as soon as this <laughs> – as soon as, <laughs> as soon as American Horror Story start to be broadcast, somebody showed me one of my dick pics online, and I was and I was like, "Oh yeah, I have been doing that for the last five years, haven't I?" <laughs> uh, let's face it, ten, because um, I work a lot in fetish entertainment because it's a great crossover with disability freedom, and I don't want to go into that deeply now, but whatever. Anyway, um, but yeah, the the end result is there's a lot of dick pics out there, and I'm in trouble, especially because. And I don't want to get into dangerous territory here, but a lot of my new Twitter fans, 6,000 of them, my new ones, are all that teenage demographic. Yeah. And many of them, for whatever weird reason, are like, oh, I love you and blah, blah, blah. You know, like people do on Twitter. Right. Um, and I don't engage because I'm shit of them seeing that online, showing it to one of their friends. And then you've got a situation where underage people are showing, you know what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah, oh, right, yeah, right, yeah. Right, I completely right. understand, dude. You, you, and then you don't goes, want. Well, you're not so bad yourself. And somebody goes, oh, you're so lovely. And I like look at their emo picture of one mascaraed eye, which is their <laughs> eye. <identity. laughs> and, and, uh, and I go, you're not so bad yourself. If, say, if I did do that. And then I get a topless picture back. Yeah, Can you then, imagine that? Then you're in trouble. Then you can, uh, you can text that to me. I'll. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you my cell phone number later. I've never had anybody tell me they loved me on Twitter. I don't think that happens a lot, man. I think that might be just you. I get uh, I get told uh, fat a lot and uh, <laughs> stupid. Uh, they've questioned my sexuality a lot. Nobody's ever said they love me, though. In fact, I did that earlier. Yeah. If you were on, I, let, I kid you not, if you were on a, a high-level top drama that all the kids watch ah, and, well. you in a, and they put you in a scene where you were the, somebody's lover, instantly that would happen because that's what's happened to me, you know. Yeah, I don't usually get this kind of. Can, can you make that happen for me? I'm pretty I'm good. I'm my hardest. Good. If I get in it again, I'll be like, oh, I, I, I can only do it if my buddy gets the yeah. lover wrong. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Can, I be, can I be your lover though? Because I feel like <laughs> I could just like double sure. it, and it would be twice as awesome then. Oh. Sure, if you remember that I'm a top. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You got to be the bottom there. Oh, that's yeah. Yeah, I guess I can see that. I was, uh, you know, Josh the Bear Watts. Yeah, sacrifice for your art, man. I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you did, Josh. You have seen what he was packing, son, and you're willing to go bottom. Go for it. Yeah. Hey, man, I want those millions. I want them ducats. You might, you might want to prepare for the role by sitting on a bicycle without the seat, or a. <laughs> or a two-liter Coke bottle, whichever. Yeah, yeah I have a three-liter Pepsi bottle in my ass as we speak. <laughs> Pepsi, communist. I'm just kidding. It's Diet Coke, and I put a Minto. Well, Clean myself out. Always, Clean it out, guys. Always end with a Mintos. Um, uh, just two words for you. Google them and enjoy. Ashley Ryder, the gay male porn star. He's a friend of mine. Ashley Ryder. I, I think Ryder might be with a Y, but... Okay. That dude started the act with the two-liter bottle of Coke. Really? Okay. Well, I was just kidding. Yeah. Wow. I, I'm going to be eating in he about was, an hour and a half. I was, so, uh... I was hosting. Good story, actually. I was hosting. It was a sex event. And uh, he was the headliner. And he was really good. I mean, he fisted himself. I mean, he did some pretty strong stuff. But earlier on, there'd been this other guy. And he pulled a chain out of his ass and then started <laughs> whipping the stage with the chain. What? And... 
Um, this is quite unpleasant, so if you're squeamish, <laughs> don't listen. No, no, this is, um, I'm, go for and it. And what happened was fleck, flecks of camel-coloured shit adorned <laughs> the stage and splashed every time he whipped the chain on the stage. And I was standing in the wings thinking, because oh, a lot of the strippers were like going down and doing floor work, and I was thinking, oh, that's going to be a bit difficult now. And Ashley Ryder was in the wings sucking his teeth as if he'd had a lemon going, that is just pathetic. I have never, ever, ever shat on stage in my whole career. <laughs> and I was like, tell it, bro, tell it, you know. <laughs> You're like, yeah, me neither. Right? <laughs> it's two of us. <laughs> it sounds like, uh, like uh, every time I hear shit on stage, I always think of Gigi Allen. Oh, yeah. Because right? that blows my mind that that happened, all of that. I, I, didn't he die in New Orleans? Uh, actually, he I died. Oh, so, yeah. No, no, he died in New York. It was, it was like uh, the, I think it was like a couple days after the show he played here. Courtney Love shot him. No, right? <laughs> just That's just like the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> um, Gigi Alio cuts himself in a broken glass, shits on the broken glass, yeah. glass, then rubs himself in the broken glass, cutting himself, infecting his it's, wounds with it, his own shit yes. before randomly attacking members of the audience. That's rock and roll. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that dude was. <laughs> I'll stick to classical. <laughs> I was amazed to see how many people are in the shows watching it. Like I've seen a couple I, of videos. Hey of them, man, and it amazes me to see how many people are like all into it. I was, I was yeah, standing at the front. Who would stand at the front of a G.G. Allen? <laughs> exactly. No one in their right mind. The people who got no. pushed there from the people who came in last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, the, um, I I was almost there. I almost went to one of the shows, man, but uh, my ride didn't show up and. And I'm glad he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the gigs we missed, eh? Um, yeah. But I wanted to, I, uh, I wanted to just give you a little list now of right. awesome shit in New Orleans from this English gentleman's flipper-handed perspective. All right. Cajun Encounters. Betty, the broken-jawed alligator, who when she snaps her jaws shut, each jaw misses each other, and the sausage goes flying into the river. <laughs> I, that will stay with me for a long time. My, I have one of my crip comrades out there in the bayou making money for Cajun encounters. Oh, that's um, cool. Right? Who knew I would get to meet a crippled alligator? It's fantastic. <laughs> um, the Mojo Coffee Bar with Crispin and the others. Love that place. That was my local coffee bar. Lily's Nail Spa and Vietnamese Restaurant. Love Lily's. Juan's Flying Burrito, of course. Oh, yes. Hi, Andy, in there. And um, that's that's it really for uh, for magazine. And then I've got to go over to Bywater now and say the Country Club was my second home. I was there in the golden year, the dying embers of the golden days of it being uh, clothing optional. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have, let me tell you, when me, Amazon Eve, Ben who played Meep, yeah, and, and Naomi who played Pepper the Pinhead, all took our clothes off at the Country Club and ran around. This is this is personifies New Orleans for me. <laughs> Everyone knew who we were, right? And we were a bunch of freaks, and we just took all our clothes off, right? Everyone looked at us for about ten seconds, and then just turned away and carried on talking. Yeah, just right? went about and, their business. We were like, "Welcome to New Orleans," you know, because well, anywhere they were... else they would have bugged us and all that shit. But they right. were actually so... updating their Facebook pages, so <laughs> what? What more pictures? What more pictures of your dick? <laughs> Please no. Um, and but no, and now that it's you know clothed. They still have their Wednesday nights. A lot of us cast went down and watched watched it, uh, watched American Horror Story on the Wednesday night, 9 p.m. at the country club there because they have viewing parties. Oh. I miss those. And um, all those guys there, Chris and all the gang, I just love you guys so much. And uh, you're one of the things I'll miss the most. And then, of course, you've got 
Bella Blue with her burlesque scene. And I was seeing quite a few of her shows, the Dirty Dime show at the Always Lounge yeah. on St. Claude there. We did a monthly show, and I was in about four of them, luckily, over the six months. A lot of the cast and crew came down, watched the shows. Really great time. That's and really cool. Bassett, Ever Peters, Emma Roberts, Finn Whitrock, they were all there. We had a great time. So I'm just, you know what? I, you know um, Flesh Hook Hanging, right? I've got some friends who do Flesh Hook Hanging. Really? Yeah. And um, I, I could never do that. It's, it looks too painful. But when I left New Orleans... I realized that New Orleans had hooks in me, but they weren't flesh hooks. They were soul hooks and that they'd gone deep into me because I've never felt so relaxed and happy, confident, assured part of life as I have in New Orleans. It's quite extraordinary. And I'm I'm having a time getting over it, to be honest. That's really cool, oh. man. That's I'm glad the city, you know, kind of, you know, put a mark on you, you know, and make you feel like, you know, you can be yourself and not worry about nothing you know anybody aggravating you and bullshit like that that's yeah. that's really fucking cool yeah i mean really just especially from you know there were the people who just saw a disabled guy or saw the guy from american horror story they came you know they were about 50 50 i suppose and each time the reception was wonderful so and even at the saints game where I tried to enjoy, I went to a couple of Saints games. <laughs> yeah, you told me, you had told me, you were, you said, yeah, we usually go on the games on uh, whatever it was. I can't remember what day you were, I think it was a, it had to be Sunday. And, yeah. and I was like, oh boy, I hope you enjoy that. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I, I didn't go the week they won this season. Um, <laughs> um, so the one time they won, <laughs> you didn't get to go. Yeah. No, I went a couple of, I went for the first game with Atlanta. And then another one with the uh, Bengal Tigers, whoever that team is. Um, but I read it with my friend Greg, and we, and because he gave me the ticket, and thanks, Greg. And um, it was awesome. I tried to inject a bit of British hooliganism into it, and I saw a couple of uh, fans from the opposing team That's what it needs. sitting near enough me, and I shouted to them, "You're gonna get your fucking head kicked in." And the, yeah, <laughs> the official guy told me to sit down. What? <laughs> Are you serious? That's not the New Orleans yeah, I know. I am I actually did do that. Yeah. It's because you didn't finish it with a racial slur. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's, that's what it was. You yeah, that was problem. I'm joking, of course. You didn't um, judo kick someone in the face, and that's why they were upset. No, but I did. When two bank, we were we just lost the ball. They just touched down the Tigers, and two Tigers fans came up to me, spotting me from American Horror Stories. Like, can we have a photo? I'm like, no, you're in the wrong team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then and then Greg was like, "Dude, we we don't do that here. It's like we're friendly to each other in America, okay? <laughs> With the football, be nice." That guy's so, lying to you. <laughs> that guy's a liar. Nobody <laughs> <laughs> lied to you. Nobody's nice about football. Well, oh. I didn't think I'd be the kind of guy that likes football, but and I don't know if I still am. Like, but the Saints, I don't know. I was, what can I say? You I got, were kind of swept up in being down here. I got romanced and fell in love in New Orleans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our, uh, our friend, uh, Mart, who's actually, uh, from, uh, Congleton, UK. He, uh-huh. he, uh, he's, he's also, uh, one of our hosts on here. He comes on every now and then and, uh, bullshits with us, but he calls it hand egg. He doesn't, he refuses to call it football. He says, no, <laughs> your foot never touches it. It's a hand egg. <laughs> and it is the sign. Yeah. Hand egg. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, well, it is. what I liked was the difference in the presentation. Like, you know, the, all the stars get, like, shouted out, like, introduced before they come on the pitch and everything. Right. It's all very showbiz. Uh, I just enjoyed the whole thing. What can I tell you? I, don't, I wasn't, eh, snowballs. Eh. No snowballs, you know? huh? 
Really? Devil's Road. What what flavor did you get? I could have had like an organic one, maybe, but the one I had was just kind of white sugar. Wedding cake with extra cream or like cotton candy. Uh, I love snowballs. That was my contribution, guys. Everything else. (laughs) I love the crawfish. Oh, you like the crawfish down here too? Crawfish, the bourbon. I got it. Shout out the avenue, the upstairs bar, the avenue pub, the whiskey guy there. Yeah, that was fun times we had. So what kind of stuff did you do in the city when you weren't filming? What was some of your favorite like pastimes to do in New Orleans? Well, I, I took a, I joined Triumph Krav Maga over on the West Bank on uh, General de Gaulle Drive. Wow. Because um, I'm, I'm a keen martial artist, and everywhere I go, I always do a martial art. I have done for years. And um, I managed to persuade. I was uh, Rose Siggins, who plays uh, uh, Susie, Legless Susie. Yeah. Her, her son, Luke, was actually in on set with us, um, kind of helping her. And homeschooling. So I took him and uh, Amazon Eve, who's a keen martial artist as well, played by Erica. And we all went over and did Krav Maga like three times a week for, you know, three months. So that was the major hobby that we had. That's really uh, cool. It was That's a healthy awesome. hobby to have, I guess. Yeah, they, they look in every other martial art I've, I've ever studied. Your introductory lesson will be front punch, rear punch, front kick and maybe high block. You know, all of them, they're the same. In Krav Maga, the first thing you learn to do is kick someone in the nuts. That's the very <laughs> first thing they teach you. That's 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 the martial arts for solid. me. Yeah, that's that's solid advice. They they made you yeah. pay for that. I walked in and said, well, "I already knew that." What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you don't pay, no, they're punch in the dick. They're very gung ho. You know, they do knife attack, gun attack, and all that kind of real street stuff. Wow, oh, I enjoyed it. Those, those cats are great. Really enjoyed them, and uh, all, all all of the people there. Hello, what's just happened to my computer? I don't know. Are you still there? Yes, we're yeah, here. Yeah, we're here. Oh, my computer just went black as if, it's, I don't know, as if it's, the CIA decided to stop <laughs> listening. <laughs> they got tired. They got tired. They were like, look, look, they're good. They, they never stop listening. They love us. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I've got to say about 9-11 is this. Uh, in terms of the CIA. <laughs> <laughs> you call it 9-11. That's what I wanted to know. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird coincidence. He mentioned that earlier. Of course, it should be called eleven nine, but you know, it'd be, it would be a little in bad taste to start arguing that particular one. I think. Uh-huh. Um, um, it, it's, it's my friend, who is the most cynical person I know, and I'm not going to name him because all America will hate him for what I'm about to say. Okay. Booked a flight to New York on the 12th of September, 2001. Wow. And he got it for 150 pounds. That's cheap. I'm, wow, you guys just went quiet. I feel awful. No, no, no. no I was no, just no, trying no. to figure out if I can stage a terrorist attack so I can like <laughs> get a, a cheap flight. Yeah, I really I want to go to Australia. Out how much 150 pounds is in in real money? <laughs> oh, well, it was it was basically half price at the time. It's it's more money. And I was like, wow, you are one cynical dude. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty brave. I don't know that I would have done that. That's pretty. That's pretty false. Yeah. Well, you knew it would be the it, safest flight though. Yeah. He was the guy that, when I was in a band, would come up to you, you know, just after we, we got to number 15 in the indie charts, the band that I was, the most popular band I was in. I mean, riding high. And he was the guy who came up after that show where we'd just done the hit single and went, when are you going to write a fucking song? He was always that. In fact, he was a bit of a wanker. If I think about it, that guy. <laughs> Sorry. That's, what right. a weird that's the best You know what? It's because I'm drunk and I'm talking to you. That's great, though. That's, that's usually the best shows, man. Uh, I'm not drunk, drunk, but I'm a little tipsy. What, do you, what are you drinking? Jack, because there isn't a better bourbon than most um, bodegas in, in London. Nice, nice. So you're, you're, you're a uh, whiskey guy then? 
I, bourbon exclusively, really. Although I, I, I like a little rye from time to time. Oh, OK. Um, gentleman, you know, I mean, Gentleman Jack I had on the plane. That was OK. Uh, I tried um, Angel Envy. I didn't really explore enough of them yeah. to get my favorite New Orleans bourbon. But um, Woodford Reserve, that special Woodford Reserve, that was a good one. Nice. So you, you hey, Matt, to... I have a question that I want to ask you that I don't know if it matters to uh, anyone else, but I noticed you have uh, the neck tattoos on the show. Those aren't real, right? No, they're not. All the tattoos that you could see in the show are all fake. I actually ironically have some tattoos on my leg, and for the underwear scenes, had to uh, cover those up because <laughs> they were not right for 1952, apparently. Um, <laughs> How long did it take to put that makeup on? About two hours every day. God, Was it yeah. hard to get off? Two hours every day. And a 45-minute scrubbing removal. Um, wow. Mike, uh, Kamash, and the team are fantastic. And they treated me with the utmost care. But the bottom line is I have my neck scrubbed 45 minutes a day, four, four times a week for six months. Jesus. So, um, you know, and uh, I, I mean, I'm having to use a bit of moisturizer cream and that to get it back to feeling like a neck and not like a weird <laughs> turkey. Um, no, I'm joking. It's not that bad. But, you know, two hours a day. And, but, you know, and there was me thinking, bloody hell, two hours a day. But to my left was Evan Peters, who plays Jimmy Darling, getting right. into his uh, prosthetic lobster claws. Yeah. And to my right was um, Pepper and Salty, the two peanuts. And their entire foreheads, noses and ears and top of the cheekbones were all prosthetic. So um, yeah. that had to be like stuck on, then blended <laughs> in with airbrush and makeup. So we were all there for the same amount of time. So I didn't feel too hard done by it. <laughs> now, now, was there was there like a, uh, oh, I, what is it a, um, damn it, I can't even think of a stencil for for all the work you had done, or was it it was all laid yeah. by hand? No, it was sections, and it was basically a posh transfer. So oh, okay. they cleaned my body and neck with alcohol. Then they put um, uh, ros, not rosade. Oh god, I'm embarrassed now because I've forgotten all the names for the glue. But the my, glue they use. Yeah, the glue. I was embarrassed about that. And that's like I don't know if you can see me, but. If inadvertently I like looked over to my right and looked down and my chin touched my shoulder, my neck would stick to my shoulder and I had to be pulled <laughs> apart because um, I'm a bit of a wriggler. So you keep still. And then they put it on and they like wet the transfer and then they rub it and then they powder it and then they fix it with a spearmint smelling fixative and then they powder it again with talcum powder and then they move on to the next section. Jeez. And there are about eight or nine big sections that covered my whole from my chin down to my waist. God. Yeah. You know, I I listen to a lot of director's commentaries, and I have to say, like, I, I do think it would be interesting to be an actor if I had any talent whatsoever. <laughs> but the the worst part of it always sounds to me like the, the makeup, just, just hours, especially for something like, uh, say, like Dave Bautista in Guardians of oh, the Galaxy. Yeah. God. Like, wow. all that stuff just sitting there being patient and, you know. I mean, they have to get there at, like, three in the morning to get all that stuff put on to do God knows how long, you know, like, yeah, like I was often first to arrive last to leave. Um, but you know what? The makeup guy was before me and left after me, you know, so yeah. Louis, the guy that mostly did my stuff. Um, what we would do, we would get into a ritual, you know, there'd be a lot of chat, there'd be a lot of caffeine energy in the morning when you're having your prosthetics put on, <laughs> getting ready to do the scenes, chatting with the other actors or the people. But at four in the morning, when you're just having that shit scrubbed off your skin, um, you it know, sucks. For sake, bum the Ramones on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so l luckily for me, uh, Chris Nelson and uh, Mike Kamash, the two main guys, and Luis Gomez, who all in the uh, uh, special effects makeup truck, which is where I lived, we all just love punk rock, hard rock, 
and so we'd often just stick the Ramones on or um, who who did Mike love the most? And, and they headlined uh, they headlined at the Voodoo Fest, the Melvins. Oh yeah, the, oh the Melvins, wow. And uh, you know, so we we would get through it by listening to that quite loud, blasted up at five in the four in the morning in our special effects makeup trailer. You know, that's that's awesome. Hey, did you get to uh, go to while you were here? Did you get to go to the House of Shock by any chance? I didn't. What's that? Oh, it's the um. It, well, it's it's not there anymore. I mean, it was the last year. It was I a know, famous haunted house. That yeah, they did like um. I heard about it. In fact, I think it was an invitation for Halloween. Yeah, but me, my wife was down with me for Halloween, and my wife Juliette Lesmeux is the international burlesque superstar. Yes, and awesome actress. And we decided she costumed us, and we she decided that we were going to be bed bugs. <laughs> I know. And everyone was bed bugs, and she goes, "They're terrifying." <laughs> I'm like, for you, because you live in New York. No one else gives a fuck, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but no, we we were bed bugs, and we were fucking convincing bed bugs. I have to tell you, and we decided to brave Bourbon Street and do the whole thing. But we Ooh. stayed in bed character the whole time and had a whale of a time. I mean, I'm, I'm not one for Bourbon Street at the weekend, to be honest, because normally, let's face it, you know, that lovely tourists, right, can become drunken assholes. Yes, given enough uh, cheap really? light liquid that's hung around their neck in a bucket. Um, <laughs> But um, and no, that's fine. But normally I make money from those people. And if I'm not making money from those people, then I probably go somewhere else. <laughs> hey, so, Matt, I just uh, my little brother just uh, texted me and uh, he asked me what I was doing when I told him it was you I was talking to. He kind of freaked out a little bit. He wanted me to tell you that you were one of his favorite people on the, the show this season. And he thinks your character was one of the best out of the show so far. I, oh, I agree. So nice. And he also likes you to send him a dick pic. And that you were awesome. That's what he wanted me to tell you. Oh, I'll tell him thanks so much. And now he's going to cool because we're talking. Fox. <laughs> can, he now, can he now tweet Fox that, please? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell him, yes, tell him. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I agree with that, what with, with, with his little brother said, man. Like, I, I haven't caught up completely on the seasons yet. Um, but, uh, dude, your character is one of my favorites. Like, seriously. And I'm not just saying that just because you came on our show. I mean, you know, I enjoy the show. I've been watching it since season one. Yes, we're, we're clearly not that nice since I just openly said I never saw this show. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> don't worry about it. It's fine. You know, um, a lot of people don't watch the horror genre. It's fine. Uh, you um, know, actually, it, it seems like something... I love more than the oh, horror sorry. genre. Me too. I mean, I was really psyched to be in it because I've always loved horror. And, you know, I'm a big... I mean, you know, stuff like um, Lonnie... Peristre, it's very difficult to pronounce his second name, so apologies if I've got it wrong, who directed 11 and 13. Um, mm -hmm. He's actually directly related to Todd Browning, who was the director-producer of the film Freaks in 1932. Yeah, yeah, and that's actually one of, that's one of my favorite films. I actually I own Two. that. Yeah, I went out and bought that as soon as it went on a DVD. One of us. Yeah, right? exactly. So one of the reasons I'm, I mean, I'm a huge, I mean, I know loads about that film. I was probably the most knowledgeable about Freaks and Freak shows on set. Until he turned up, um, um, and then y'all had to find he, um, out. We we got to do some sh shit that recreates a certain some, some certain scenes in Freaks in no uncertain terms, and uh, you know obviously I'm not illegally allowed to tell you anything that happens in the show yet. Right, because it but, still hasn't um, finished. I was so psyched to be a part of that with him. It was like we were like we, it was almost like we were closing the circle in some way that it's been started in 1932 and now we were back in the mainstream right under the gaze of, of millions of people doing it again for real yeah. after 65 years of fucking no disabled people on television 
I mean, I mean, it's fucking cool, man. No one has a problem when black people portray slaves, as long as the writing's good and it's a fair depiction of our history. So why should anyone have a problem with disabled people, you know, depicting freaks? Yeah, right. because that, damn it, it happened. We were there, but please, it's great to have some real ones involved. And I was so psyched to be a part of that. I tell you, I was like, this, I, I doubt whether I'll ever get such a resonant history repeats itself and comes full circle and lands in my lap kind of shit ever again in my life. You know? Yeah. Can I, can I ask you a question about that? Um, I anything. Uh, you, you, I mean, you were just talking about like them not using freaks to do those roles like and and actually i saw on your wikipedia that it mentioned that you you started referring to that as like black blacking up mm. is that true i don't know it's on wikipedia so i assume yeah, it must yeah. be true right i coined that phrase right, i coined right. that phrase in 97 with british equity um when i was a very very angry man being given no chance of acting and watching all these shittily written disability storylines being played by actors who you could visibly see pining for their oscar and yeah. I got sick of it, dudes. I got sick of it. Um, and, and that prevails to this day. However, I ain't going to you know, where do you find a pinhead and a two-headed woman? Right, um, right. You know, and also the difference with American Horror Story is that they're a repertory company. You know, the, the same actors come back series after series and they play the main people. Right. And if it's set in a freak show, they're going to be playing the main freaks. I mean, it's, it's a no-brainer. I'm just happy that Ryan Murphy and, frankly... I mean, I, I guess some people are critical of some things that he do, but I'm kind of one of his biggest fans right now. He's the only guy that had the balls to cast us. And, you know, you just know there were some conversations oh, I'm sure. with producers at Fox where he had to argue that one, you know. You just know it would have happened. So, so you know, got to shout out the man for getting me the job and, and, and Susie and me and all the dwarves and all of us real freaks who are in it. Yeah, and, well, you, and you know, man. I wanted to ask you about that, Matt. How do you feel about uh, the term freak show? And also, how do you feel about Hollywood uh, casting, uh, like, I, I think, like, blackface almost is what they would call it, where they hire... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hire regular, I don't know. I don't know the term, not regular acts, but they, they hire, they don't hire, they use a lot of prosthetics instead of right. hiring actual uh, disabled yeah. people. Well, I think in um, at extreme ends of science fiction... Uh, it's you, we can't really comment because you know it's so much CGI there. Yeah, it could be a head. It could be a head doing the role. Right. Um, <laughs> but if it's just a regular guy who's twenty six and good looking and at college and a wheelchair user and he has a relationship and it's really the female, um, it's the female actress's film. Um, there's no excuse for not using a real wheelchair user now in this exactly. day and age. There's twenty five guys who are trained at drama school ready to do the job, and they don't want an an Oscar for showing that they can pretend that they really use the wheelchair. They want the Oscar for, for being good actors. Right. And, and, I, and the other thing I'll say is this. I've never really understood why they get an Oscar. Guys, let's just be honest for a second. Didn't we all pretend to have cerebral palsy at school one time? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. I went, and pretended like everybody else. And there right. was always one guy who was better at it than everybody else in the class. And then he did it one day in front of the teacher and it was in, something happened or whatever. But I mean, all of us well, yeah. had that school experience. And, and now we give them fucking Oscars. <laughs> Any fucker can pretend to have a limp. <laughs> yeah, you my you were, left foot fucker. Yeah, you you were you got you so got correct, two left sir. feet. Fuck you. I know it's, a, know, total don't give it it's a total different level and a different playing field, but I kind of feel the same way. I'm a veteran and I got uh, hurt overseas, and I feel the same way when they cast people to play veterans that are in. Why don't they use real 
Right. Well, I just don't, I don't understand why they can't. What, <laughs> especially when you've got enough veterans who are trained actors. Because right. I know it's a small percentage, but they're out there. We know they are. You yeah. Know? Right. Well, and um, I always think, I mean, the BBC now have a really, I think, commendable casting policy with their in-house drama, which is if the character is the thing, then the actor has to be the thing. Good. That's, That's being great. Being Manchester, having one leg, being black, being gay, being, being transsexual. A time lord. They're right. like, we'd rather have the real thing. Being a time lord, really? So how, Sorry. how do you feel about the term? <laughs> well, he is a fucking time lord, Peter Capaldi. Yes, he is, sir. <laughs> nice Scottish. <laughs> no, anyway. Um, how do you feel about the term? Hollywood freak show? I don't the guy. What? Uh, the ter- when they say freak show, is that is that a fit? How do you feel about that term and freaks and freak show? Well, I- I'm fine with it because I think um, I mean I've worked in Coney Island and in sideshows and freak shows since the year 2000. I mean, I'm a modern, sized disabled person who still wants to work in one because there's an immense amount of communication and education that you can do there. And I'm an edgy rock and roll motherfucker, and I always have been, and I'm anti-state, and, and I'm a punk rock, and, yeah. and all those things. Um, and, it, and it fits in with me. And also, right. you know, it's not, you know, there's a whole sort of exploitation, uh, I don't know, doing, you know, selling your own people kind of thing. I just don't buy it. It's all got. It's all the wrong way around, you know. We're, Telethon was revolting with disability. Um, not a freak show, um, you know. And if you go to a modern day freak show, it's mostly you know pain people, people like piercing themselves and what have you. And right. and there, there are natural born freaks coming back into it. But when I started, it was kind of like I was chin strokingly assessing the philosophical repercussions of the historical heritage of the disabled performer. Now, young deformed kids are coming into it just having learned how to do the mouse trap on the tongue and put their hand in a man trap and they think it's like being in a punk band or a rock band and they get the lifestyle they've got the tattoos they take the drugs and it's fucking way to go and it's a damn sight better than being the street cripple being pitied by the old ladies next door yeah um, right and I, I mean come on but when people question that i'm like why would you do it if you were 25 and you had no arms I don't right. know. Fuck yeah, Maybe I would not. do it. I mean, I'm a natural performer, and not everybody is. And, and, you know, we need acts like the Americans with Disabilities Act to help, let's say, people with no arms who want to work in a lawyer's firm and need the right to operate their shit with their feet, but that's going right. to cost like a 250 buck refit, you know, and, 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 and so they say they have to have it from the ADA. Well, I support that. Of course I do. Yeah, yeah. But me, I'm a kind of... I, I'm not the average disabled person. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> I'm a loser. I'm so fucking special. I just realized I was doing the lyrics from that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great song, though. I was on board with it. I, I was going with it, too, man. Boy, I miss Girl Scout cookies so bad. Oh, that's my favorite. That's my favorite, Matt. Oh, shit. You don't have Girl Scout cookies, man? The, I don't no, think they have Girl have, Scouts. Like, to have a metaphor, we don't even have... No, uh, there's no metaphor, because if there's a metaphor with Girl Scout cookies, we'd be like even younger girls, and then we're getting into the whole... <laughs> then you'd get um, more trouble, man. Well, are, you, are you asking if, you, uh, if you've ever eaten a brownie? I've had a brownie once. Yeah. <laughs> you've dirtied me. I, uh, I completely stole that joke from yeah, without a paddle. But it was great, though. It was, it was awesome. Kind of thinking in my subconscious, there's probably a gag around this, and you said it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you I'm, what, man. I'm when not the comedian, that guy. The, the next, the, ne- the, ne- <laughs> the next time Girl Scout cookies come around, man, I'll send you some. Well, don't because I'll just get in trouble. Well, speaking, <laughs> speaking of which, though, 
uh, being Wait, down here. I think there's here. a disconnect anyway, here. Feeling. I think there's a disconnect, Adam. Uh, are you talking Girl Scout cookies as in Thin Mints and, and Lemon Poppies and stuff? No, I'm talking about eating pussy from a... That, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> there's like four different conversations wow. happening. Then. I thought we were talking about weed strain called Girl Scout cookie, which is the best I've heard. Uh, you may be telling the truth. I couldn't possibly comment. You should, <laughs> you should, you should invent that if, if it doesn't exist. <laughs> but listen, in terms of eating pussy and fucking uh, and all of that, I did miss that a lot in New Orleans, and it was the only part of the job I didn't like. You know, me and my wife, we have what we'd call a traditional relationship. I'm very flirty with people, and people I think think we're like, I don't know, maybe have a, a, an arrangement or one of those things. But we actually don't. The arrangement is <laughs> if, if either of us sleeps with somebody else, we're in trouble. Um, <laughs> that so, I had that same arrangement with my wife. That's interesting that it crosses over the pond like that. I didn't know that would. That's good. Yeah, that's the arrangement we have. But, um, but I missed it a lot. The only bad thing about my experience, and um, sex is so important, gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, and those in between, listen, regular sex is very important. And if you can't have it with somebody else, at least make sure that you have it with yourself. <laughs> I really like that you just said, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between. That's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I've learned a lot of my audiences are in between us, you know. No, it's just nice to, uh, that's nice to hear it acknowledged. I like that. <laughs> Matt, do you still, yeah. so, so do you still play? Music? Yeah, still drum. And we do basically like cramps style music and that kind of thing. Cool. And, and I'm also um, going to develop a solo show for a couple of years' time for 2016, uh, which is me drumming and doing spoken word and drumming with repetition, kind of an experimental kind of half an hour piece I want to do. So I really miss the drums and I really miss drumming. My ultimate role, for any producers and directors and writers out there, would be to play a drummer in a drama where the actors really do play their instruments and are really being in the band. You know, that would be awesome. That would be cool. Yeah. Johnny Depp is working on that now. You should, you should call him. Johnny Depp. Uh, that just, gag was good. Kidding. You see that gag going around, you know, because uh, Tim Burton and, and uh, his wife have recently split up, yeah? And people are asking who's going to get custody of uh, Johnny Depp. <laughs> uh, that is funny. Hey, do, do people care about that in England? Because when I saw that, I was like, "Who gives a shit?" Like, what? I do. If Helen the Bottom Carter's back on the market, I care. I care a lot. <laughs> wow. Uh, and that reminds me that I saw Faith No More's first ever gig in London. No, you know. You Mike know what? Patton is, Mike Patton is one of the best vocalists yes. I've ever heard in all of my life. Yes, you're, you're, you're all. is one of my favorite ever. Guys, rewind. I saw one of their most awesome gigs at the Academy, but it wasn't them. I got it wrong. It was Zach LaRock's band. What were they called? Uh, Rage Against the Machine. Fuck you. I won't do what yeah, you tell me. Yeah. That, that is there. my all-time favorite band ever. Oh, that well, was I was my gig, And my French DJ friend was like, I got a ticket. Secret gig. Hot shit. Come down. And um, I came down. How and, long uh, ago was that? Oh, God. I mean. 90s? Early, oh, dude, early so 90. Awesome. Maybe even the late ni- 80s. I mean, I really can't remember. For, but I do one of the three gigs I've walked into in my life and thought, "Ooh, something's changing here." Do you know what I mean? When you yeah. when you yeah. when you want a musical movement turn a corner into something else, and they were doing that. Yeah, yeah they were the like, first rap you know, rock, real, like the real rap rock kind of band. Well, actually, yeah. yeah, well, Faith the More did the first rap rock song with Epic. Yeah, yeah. and what a song that is. Red Hot Chili Peppers were a band. Um, uh, you're gonna go there, guys. Um, Urban Dance Squad from Holland. Oh yes. I love those dudes. No, you don't. Uh, yes, I, I do. I <laughs> don't pretend you know who that is. You don't. I do know who. Uh, what is it? Um, Deeper Shade of Soul, man. 
Yeah, hitchhike Heidi. She liked the hitchhike. <laughs> yes. Say a little prayer for my demo, my demo, my demo. Yes. That's one of the greatest albums I owned. Yeah, it is good. Woo! That went silent. What should we talk about now? So, well, Matt, I know uh, I was told by Wayne that you, yes. you have a couple, some things that you're doing down here uh, in the next year. Thank you for reminding me. Yes. yes. I am going to attend the big Sideshow Conference. Um, I'm not sure where that's, if it's at the conference center or where yet. Um, organized by a few universities, funnily enough. Sideshow Conference from the 1st to the 4th of April in Orleans. And I'll be there. I'm a special guest. And I'll be uh, doing an interview and signing photos and doing pictures and stuff and all that business. Sweet. But while I'm there, I'm going to be doing a co-production with Bella Blue. And we're going to be doing a show maybe at the Joy, maybe at One-Eyed Jacks. We're not sure yet, which is going to be a, a, a fool's festival. Um, um, and I'll be hosting. And there are some really fucking crazy and excellent artists in New Orleans that I want to showcase and get a few new people in. So we'll be doing that. So hopefully some of you listeners, if you like the way we've been talking smack, um, <laughs> come down and see the show that will show you that kind of smack. Mm. Yeah, dude. Dude. Uh, I'll I'll definitely be at both of those. So would just please keep me informed on everything because yeah, some awesome people. I mean, I, I in a way I wish I could let Ben Wisdom host it because he hosts a lot of the burlesque I've seen in New Orleans, and he is hysterical. He's really good. But it's my gig, so tough luck, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> so you you, uh, you guys are you're going to New York tomorrow, right? I am. I'm going back to New York to see my baby, um, and we're, we're, we're both performing at a New, New Year's Eve show, which is bizarrely uh, a, a New Orleans Mardi Gras, New Orleans, New Year's Eve in New York. <laughs> Those fuckholes are always trying to rip us off. I know, man. Uh, oh, we're New York. Yeah, you just wish you were. No, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> no, I don't know how to approach that. Uh, because nobody from New Orleans will probably be there. Or if there is any, there'll be the guy or the woman dressed in the Mardi Gras stuff at the back. Right, right yeah, you, they'll have the beads. Else gonna, uh, what? You know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I'm going back to New York, there for three weeks, back in London for three weeks, then off to Australia for a tour for six weeks, and then and then I'm coming to New Orleans to do that Sideshow Festival. Man, you, awesome. are, you are one busy dude. I know I'm I'm fucking knackered, and I'm trying to write. I'm trying to write this screenplay and a play, and I just don't have the time. So after we come back in April, May, I'm not going to take any work on. I'm not going to create any work, rather. If I get any acting work, that'd be lovely. And of course, you know, were you to ask me, Matt, would you like to be in the next series of American Horror Story? But this time, just as a regular person, um, or whatever. Hell, I'll be an alien. <laughs> I'll be a, I'll be a road sign. <laughs> a road sign. <laughs> I go this way. I'd watch that. But I'd be like, yes, no entry. I'm there. Okay. <laughs> um, we we actually uh, were at the studio that you had uh, um, uh, filmed a lot of that stuff in. We didn't actually get to see any of the the sets, but uh, we uh, my boss, who is actually um, uh, he's like a amateur magician, and oh, yeah. and the guy who was teaching him like acting classes was in that building and actually he owns that building and uh he was um having a small show of what he put together and me and Adam went over there to watch it and yeah that we saw all the trailers and everything and 
you know, of course we couldn't go and look at any of the sets because that was before the show even aired. Right. Yeah. That's a big ass building, man. It's and there are three of them. Really? It's enormous. Yeah. They did the entire set out there on location on the bayou. All the exteriors you saw, all the tents. Every one of those was rebuilt inside. Wow. So the exterior was filmed out on location and every interior we went back in and did it inside. It's nuts the money they've got. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, did, I did get to see the the tents out out on the river. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. It was um I walked onto set on the first day of filming on location and happened to be standing next to Jessica Lang at that moment when I didn't know her at that point. And I heard her say pretty much to herself, but she was aware that I was listening, oh, my God, she said, this is the most incredible set I've ever been on in my entire career. Wow. And it was, it was great to be privy to that. You know, it really was. How's, how's she looking in real life? Okay, well, she's looking fantastic. Yes. Yes, that's what I want to hear. Uh, Jessica Lang is the most incredible actor and I had the great honor of acting closely with her and gleaning some of her work and the honor of being with her as a human being and an, an artistic entity. Jessica is an amazingly attractive, not least of which because she's so cre- intelligent and talented. You know, one time she did a scene on the, on, the, um, on the floor with all of us actors there and she was kicking off as Elsa shouting and screaming and she did this big long scene and it was so mesmerized and it was so incredible that all the actors and all the crew just spontaneously started applauding. We didn't do it as a collective decision. We all did it as individuals, but all at the same time. That's awesome. It was really amazing. That's fantastic, man. I mean, you know, just to be able to work with somebody like that, that's really cool. Yeah. She's great. <laughs> They're all great, all of them. And, uh, and, and I'll maybe end with this because I now feel quite drunk because I've had about an inch of bourbons as we speak <laughs> in speaking um is that you're never too old to learn some shit from some young kids all right and and you know one of the things about when you get older what makes you old is deciding you know everything and that you can't learn things from younger people and all of that shit we have to keep springy young and accept that young people hear new things that we don't know about and so when i finally got to work with finn whitrock who plays dandy yeah he had his 30th birthday while we were shooting. Really? And I have to tell you, that guy is a, such a good actor. I learned loads from him. And it's really interesting and liberating and wonderful to, year-old, to learn something from a 30-year-old. It really, really is. It's great. Yeah, it, but besides your character, Dandy is, is I, like from what I can tell, everyone else's favorite person on the show. Oh my God, he killed it. Sometimes doing a scene with him was hard because he, you just want to laugh so much. <laughs> this is so over the top yeah. and like intense. He's hysterical. Uh, a lovely guy. I mean, everyone is so fucking nice. <laughs> I guess I was the asshole. Shit. <laughs> Man, well, well you're, you're on the show with us now, so, so you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're absolved of any asshole behavior. because we, we win on we're, that. We're professionals. Yeah. Okay, thank you, guys. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, well, I, I know you want to. You probably want to jet off since you're being a little uh, inebriated there. Uh, yeah, I suddenly thought it's like ten to twelve. I haven't eaten since lunchtime. Oh yeah, and you definitely need to eat. I should eat and pack because I have to leave in the morning. Oof. Hey man, it was great talking to you. Uh, best of luck, you guys. You too, guys. Great. Awesome, cool. dude. We appreciate everything, Matt. Thank you so much. You and uh, okay, guys. Don't well, be a folks, stranger, man. Uh, well, wait, hold on. Right, I'll, I'll see you in April. 
Okay, yes, definitely, definitely. Thank you, Take it easy. Bye. All right. All right, folks, that was Matt Fraser, That's right. star of American, American Horror, Horror Story. Story Freak Show. And soon to be uh, in a sideshow act here, you know, and doing actually a bunch of things. Uh, yeah, April, it's coming back to New Orleans. And uh, we'd like to thank Mr. Josh Watts, Josh of Watts. Chase and Josh Talk, and of just being Josh Watts on stage in Baton Rouge and surrounding areas. That means being hairy and sexy. Yeah, and all over the country being funny as fuck. That's right. Yeah. You got any get shows coming up you want to plug, I, man? Can I do plugs? Can yeah, I do plugs? Yeah, go ahead, dude. Uh, I saw this movie uh, called Snatch that was really good. If you if you have Netflix, you should try to watch it. Maybe. What is it? Snatch. Snatch. You've never seen oh, do Snatch. I plug my own stuff. Yes, plug yourself. <laughs> hey, uh, we have a website bucketsofduckets.com. You could uh, check out the Chase Josh Talk podcast on any platform from there, and uh, you can come see us every Tuesday night at Just Jokes Comedy Club in Baton Rouge. Uh, we host that show there, the open mic. All right, guys. Uh, well, that was the end of the show. I Have hope you, you enjoyed really not it. seen Snatch? I have seen Snatch. Yeah, I okay. didn't understand what the fuck he was saying. Oh, okay. I thought he said. I thought he said I was watching this movie Snacks. I'm like, what the fuck is Snacks? <laughs> Best movies of all time, bro. You better uh, what Snatch? Your- Snatch is awesome. Snacks yeah. is good too, though. Yeah, it is. Snatches. All right. <laughs> well, anyway, I was your host, Wayne. Yes, you were. I'm Adam, and you are. Josh. That's right. I was Josh. Oh, what? Go ahead, talk. I just keep trying to talk over you because I think it's funny. I'm Josh. You're fucking dick. Anyway, <laughs> uh, thanks, guys. And remember and, to and thank thank Matt Fraser again for, yes. for coming on our show. Great. But yeah, keep it metal. Blah, 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 blah. blah, 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 blah.